Hello and welcome to a very special Christmas episode of Decoding the Gurus. I am Professor Matthew Brown this Christmas. Uh, he is Associate Professor Christopher Kavanagh this Christmas. And with us is Ms. Helen Lewis this Christmas. Welcome, Helen. Hello, Christopher. I'm not any kind of professor. So, Chris, for once you can feel smug and superior. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Not even an assistant professor, eh, Helen? <laughs> a, a girl can dream. A girl can dream, eh? <laughs> now, now my chance to lord over someone else. Um, yeah, you know, Mark got told off by one of our listeners for doing that constantly, the, the, putting me down, talking down. Yeah. yeah. But so they I, actually I'm said, so... they said you did well mm. by not mentioning it last time. So you got your positive well, stroke. <laughs> I've sworn it off. I won't be mentioning titles anymore, but it's Christmas, so anything goes. Oh, okay. So there you go, Helen. And no titles. Forget it. We're all equal here. This is now a leftist podcast. Um, <laughs> welcome to the revolution. <laughs> so long overdue. Helen, for people who might not know, last year you had a series on the new gurus on the BBC Video Signs, right? And BBC Radio 4 and BBC Sounds, yeah. So okay, it's, it's I, still I, I on BBC Sounds. I don't, I, I don't know why anyone would know the difference, but if, to the BBC, it's very important that those are two distinct things. It is. It's very important. And I was basically correct in what I said. So that's the important thing. And you also work at The Atlantic, uh, a publication of note, and The Private Eye, which is also a publication of note. Matt, do you know The Private Eye? It, is that to the Atlantic as associate professor is to professor? How, how, what's the relationship there? <laughs> it, it's a British satirical magazine, which is basically print only. Um, and I do their podcast. So I now finally am on a podcast as nature intended, uh, which is nice. Ah. Chris, you forgot to mention the most important thing that happened to me this year, which is that I made a bonus episode of the new gurus featuring the insights of... That's right. Chris, Chris Williamson. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> yes. To be fair, Chris Williamson, but also one Christopher Kavanagh. Which is I very was there. That's right. Was that my first appearance on the BBC? Maybe. I, I it, No, I think I was on the BBC complaining about something at one point. I, uh, so there you go, Helen. My second appearance, but probably the only one that anybody actually heard. So, the yeah, that I, I enjoyed that. I got to talk about... Giga Chads and Sigma Meals and uh, various embarrassing phrases that probably I wouldn't want my parents to hear me utter. Um, so, yeah, that, that, but it's that was fun. Someone, yeah, someone finally explained Giga Chads to the Radio 4 audience. And I think we talked about Brazilian Jiu Jitsu as well. I went off and did a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu class to find out what all the tech bros see in it. And it's quite aggressive cardio. Like I can, I can see what they what they like about it. But to be honest with you, being mashed into some sweaty man's ballsack in the morning was not my idea of, of fun. So that, probably not going to go back to that one again. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a, you know horses for courses. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I, I can't remember if I mentioned on the podcast or not. It's probably not the thing that you want to start to mention in public. But I was training with one heavy set guy. It was actually in judo. In uh, UCL's judo judo center, that's the setting. Except for you, Helen, I know you know London. So that mm -hmm. was in there, and there was a relatively heavy set elder man, not 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 like a really old man, but you know, just just. You beat up an extremely <laughs> no. old man. You beat up Gandalf essentially. Well, that's what I'm envisioning. Fat Gandalf. Okay. Well, what fat 
He wasn't, it was more like bald Professor Gandalf. That's the way I would put it. And we were doing Neiwaza, grappling on the ground, right? In, in a kind of Brazilian jiu-jitsu-esque fashion. And he had his judo gi kind of flapping around as happens when you're tussling. And we're both sweaty <laughs> and he was above me and the sweat <laughs> like glistened down, I think to like his chest or connection to the belly. And I seen that and it was just above my face and then it dropped off and I felt like the salt fire across my uh, taste receptors before I could avoid it. And that was like you in a way that was a, a deeply dysphoric moment and it wasn't even you know a technique not an official technique <laughs> but, uh, well chris it could have been west it could it could have been the bullsack <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> it could have, it could have been i mean it's uh there's i've been around plenty of bullsacks in prison <laughs> jiu-jitsu but i'm not sure which is word i'm not sure helen if it, this is the way that i Imagine the podcast beginning, but it probably is fairly standard for your last appearance too. <laughs> Welcome to the intellectual salon that is Decoding the Gurus. Yeah, why do we not get invited to the intellectual dark web dinners? This is the question uh, with this kind mm. of <laughs> scintillating feedback. But Matt, Private Eye is an institution in the UK. It's like a little, <laughs> little. Uh, I'm channeling Constantine Kissin. I recently heard him going off on how the feeling private eye had to target him in order to try and increase their relevance. <laughs> um, oh, yes. So, yes, that's a private eye. <laughs> that, that rings a bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I've, I've heard of private eye. I just thought it was a men's magazine, something like that. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's, uh, it's, no, no, I don't. It, it has little like pictures with funny captions on them. That's what I remember. Cartoons. That's cartoons, Chris, as we call them. No, it was photos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like caption covers. Yeah, there'll be a photo of the Prime Minister saying something amusing. That's what they do on the on the front cover. Yeah. They got into quite a bit of um, trouble recently because they did quite a spicy cover about Israel-Gaza, saying that perhaps, you know, Israel was going to go a bit over the top in its response and everybody kind of piled in. And then I think now we're kind of several weeks on is kind of tapping their feet and sort of pretending that they never got that upset about it because, in fact, Israel did go in pretty two-footed to the extent that, you know, President Biden, noted dove President Biden thinks it's all a bit much. But, yeah, so I work at, yeah, I work at the Atlantic, which upsets one set of people, and then Private Eye, which upsets another set of people. So I've been really maximising the level of offence that I've been able to deliver this year. That's right. But have you been active enough in the podcast space? That's the question, Helen. Like, you, you know, you have to always work the angles you you not got any new podcast well you're on a podcast in fact you are on page 92 i do my my time 94 yeah i do my my time in the uh, (laughs) yeah i yeah i I did them a quiz that was all about british stuff so i've got my eye in this year about the quiz so your quiz will probably be the best quiz because i've had so much practice oh yeah and so many many people (laughs) many listeners were asking is Helen coming? She was just there. Someone, some callous listener responded. She was just there to spruik her, her own show because it was about guru thing. She wouldn't lower herself to return for her second year. <laughs> <laughs> How uh, wrong they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they see they've got it all wrong. They, they just bad judges of character, the people online. But we are thankful that you lowered yourself to return and to, um, take up your mantle as quizmaster. I, I kind of suspect it's partly because 
you enjoy being a quiz master? Like you'll go on any podcast. <laughs> be a quiz master. <laughs> if there's a quiz on offer, you're there. Yeah. Is that how it is? Wow. Well, it's way harsh time. Uh, yeah, that's but, but broadly true. No, it's really fun. I, I, it, it, I have to say this one of all of the quizzes that I've ever made probably made me feel the most ill in that I did. Well, you'll see. You'll see what, what I had to wade through in order to deliver piping hot content to your listeners, what I did oh. to myself. Oh, you know what I will do, Helen? I'll do it for the magic of podcast editing. So you'll just have to like replay it in the image in your mind. Because there was, you know, we do little updates on what the gurus have been doing. And there was a Uber guru who felt the need to target you specifically recently on a conversation Jordan Peterson discussed you with Chris Williamson. And for the listeners at home, he said, The interviews that have done me the most good in the long run were the two interviews that were most hostile. One by Channels 4, Griffin, Kathy, Kathy Newman, Kathy Newman and Kathy Griffin. And Kathy, Kathy at least had a sense of humor. Another one by Helen Lewis, who had no sense of humor at all and doesn't seem to have learned anything at all in the interim. But I think that I think that one has 80 million views now, twice as many as the Kathy Newman interview. Like it just keeps racking up views. And it was because Helen Lewis, she has like 50 tricks or 100 tricks. Kathy had like four, you know, and they were pretty blunt. And she had a sense of humor about them. But Helen Lewis, she was just all tricks and lots of them and smart, you know, and it's quite something to talk to someone who's quite smart and quite educated, but all tricks. Uh, he said that Helen was humorless. I had no sense of humor, which yeah. ironically I find <laughs> extremely amusing. So I don't know, checkmate Jordan Peterson on that one. Um, he's, um, he's, had a, he's had a lively year. He just um, gave an interview to The Telegraph, which is a right-wing British paper, saying that Labour will probably get elected in Britain next year and it will turn the country into, quotes, Venezuela, which is really funny because... In any other, well, it's not really, it's a mean thing to say. In any other situation, be like, mate, did you go to sleep in 2017 and only just woke up? <laughs> but sort of, I think that is genuinely what happened in that that was the conservative attack line on Jeremy Corbyn in 2017. You know, you'll have a leftist economy, we'll have hyperinflation, it'll be like Venezuela. But since then, the leader of the Labour Party has changed to now being somebody who is in Keir Starmer seen as being a kind of stealth Blairite. Like I know someone who refers to him as the Manchurian Blairite. Like he's been a sleeper agent for the for like centrist dads. And Labour is just in a completely different place to where it was. But someone who has not updated their notebook on this is, is John Peterson. I begin to think he hasn't been paying that much granular attention to British politics. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. How dare you, Helen? I can't yeah. <laughs> the most weird thing about it as well, not that I follow these people too closely, is that Michaela has had a secret baby. Have you seen this? I did. I did notice that she, 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 the secret baby that appeared on Twitter. Um, uh, uh, right, but uh, she kept her pregnancy secret. Oh yeah, that um, part. Yeah. And then, and then announced it eight months. And then, of course, I completely forgot that her new husband is called Jordan. So she was like, "It was lovely to have Jordan with me in the delivery room." And I was like, "Oh, bit much." <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's still unclear. I think it's not entirely uh, certain that that would refer to her husband, given their odd relationship, but. Yeah, so that's right. She replaced the guy who had like a a demon inside him called Victor or Igor, right? Wasn't the demon? Sorry, his name might have been Victor and the demon was called Igor, but... Um, and this just feels like anti-Russian propaganda, Chris. I think you're just... Yeah, but that's true. That's what she said about... She wrote this kind of love 
poem on Instagram to her previous partner and not not afterwards, like during the time when she was with him. And she, you know, said he's a master of the blade. He's like a, a stealth assassin. He has a demon inside him called Igor. And he's, you know, the craziest he's possessed by a demon called Igor and blah blah blah. It was all this international man. But of possessed mystery. by a demon like in a good way. Yeah, that wasn't clear. <laughs> that was, and I, I also, it's not you. I, I think it was supposed to make him seem, you know, mysterious. But like, I guess that's a line that works on some people. Like, I'm possessed. Yeah, hello. You know, you look great. I, you can tell. Personally, that I, yeah, I wouldn't put it on your Hinge profile. I'd probably lead with like six foot one. <laughs> you know, yeah. great sense of humor, loves to travel, possessed by demon. Called Igor. <laughs> yeah. Good with the blade. It's something that James Lindsay would say uh, in a very animated fashion um, when, like, Well, there flustered. is another guru of your gurus with whom I had an encounter. I went up and said hello to James Lindsay because he was on um, Decoding the Gurus, in which he uh, expressed his desire to have Anthony Fauci hanged at The Hague for war crimes, unspecified. And I went over and said hello to him, and he was very nice and very pleasant. Anyway, and then I wrote in, the, in my piece that he seemed very chipper for a man who believed that America was racked by civil war and civilization was falling, which he found overly sarcastic, so he called me a hag. Oh, well, yeah. that's... Yeah, that's sounds like the cause. Crazy. It's yeah. fair, isn't it, Matt? That's what you're thinking. It's only fair, as I am getting cracking <laughs> yeah, on a bit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah fair enough. I've got my differences with James, but you know... <laughs> Did, um, <laughs> did I slip into a coma? Because I thought Helen said that James Lindsay appeared on our podcast this year when he appeared no, on the on my on my podcast. He's in oh, the new your gurus, podcast. Right? Ah, the new gurus. Yeah. Okay, that's right. The knockoff. Yeah. New better <laughs> gurus. Yes, thank you, Chris. Yeah. yeah, so I said hello to him, and I also said hello to uh, another decoding the gurus' favorite, Brett Weinstein who I have to say I couldn't resist because I'm a, a, a human troll, but I think it's okay to be a troll if you actually have the balls to do it in real life, yep. which was that he, he, he I didn't entirely blame Chris for this, Matt, sent me the fact that Brett and Heather had discussed me and Barry Weiss talking about him on his oh, yeah. podcast. And, and I had said, it's a shame, you know, lots of people who see it go through cancellations, you know, they find that a really psychologically wounding experience, but you can end up like Brett Weinstein into a completely conspiratorial space. And Yasha Monk also used him as the kind of flagship example of a kind of descent into conspiracy thinking in a big New York Times op-ed around his book. Anyway, what was what was the exact phrase that Brett used about me? I can't remember. It was very funny. I think he said just like women nattering away or something it was like, like it was, girl it was, talk. It was, it was girl, girl talk. Girl talk. Yeah, I know. Me and Barry White's doing a little bit of girl talk, just, you know, talking our nails, slagging people off. Anyway, so I said, I went up to him and said, oh, hi, Brett, it's really nice to meet you. I'm Helen Lewis. Um, you know, the one who was having some girl talk with Barry Weiss. And he genuinely looked at me like I had just, I'd pissed on his chips. It was, it was a <laughs> <laughs> just complete rabbit in the headlights, just like had no comeback, which was a really interesting insight. But in case of both of them, that James was lovely to me. Brett was obviously petrified by me. But there was very much like big man in tweets, not so hard yeah. man in the streets uh, cases That's in both of them. <laughs> it's yeah. very yeah, yeah. surprising yeah. to hear that. <laughs> it's yeah. funny, isn't it, though? But you often find people who are very conflict diverse in real life and then suddenly on the internet allows them sort of kind of cost free to unleash this side of themselves mm. that they can't. And there was a the um, theorist by Alice Marwick about the idea that actually online abuse was about the fact that we'd made it less you know, it was less acceptable now to be overtly racist and misogynist in everyday life. So that suddenly the provision of social media allowed people just to kind of splurge out all the stuff that they, you know, it was a kind of facet of the driving out of this unacceptable speech from the public sphere. Had in mm. a, you know, that was what drove it to flourish on Twitter. And I think that's probably, 
my insights from meeting some gurus this year suggest that people who love giving it all the chat on their own podcast in their own safe space actually probably don't want to do a, a public debate. I mean, I know this is, you know, you've said this many, many times, but it was a very stark illustration of the fact that people find it much harder to be rude to people in real and everyday life. It's why moving stuff online has been catastrophic in many ways. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like car. It's like cars, right? You're in a car. People, people beep the horn. They, they yell the fist. But if you actually confront them face to face, then they. I like this they, idea they that you're want... getting out of there with your tire hammer going straight <laughs> to my face. <laughs> well, 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 I didn't. But I've told Chris this story. My my brother, who's my hero in some ways, who's he's not he's, he's like me except he's a little bit smaller. He, and gay. He had the the, the and gay, and there's this there's this young guy in a great big truck like behind him, like being in a very aggressive driver and so on. And he and he's driving his little town car and he, he just stopped it in the middle of the road and got out and walked and walked back to him and knocked on the window to have a chat about about this. And the the guy was he was like James Lindsay or Brett Weinstein. Like they most people don't want to actually you know I'll I'll say as well, Matt, that I feel people would imagine that I will be meek and retiring <laughs> in real life. And actually, actually, I would I would point them that I am actually usually smiley and nice and friendly. It's just that people online mistake sarcasm for anger and fury and uh, like in a much, you know, a, a much stronger yeah, way. Shall we probe the sort of psychological weirdness of a, of essentially you, Scrappy Do, moving to the most notoriously polite and repressed society in the world? What's that about, Chris? Well, look, I yeah. managed to find the only John Campbell fan in Tokyo who showed up to my talk to start uh, a debate with me about John Campbell. So I can't get away from them. And, you know, I travel yeah. all the way over here and yeah. they still hunt me down. Yeah. So. But well, you're probably Helen, genuinely Hel the most argumentative man in the whole of Japan. That must feel quite he good. Would, he was he was very deft. He was very competent in handling that heckler. But, you know, Helen, the thing is, like with most people, the tragedy is that we're completely different people online and in person. But with Chris, his tragedy is that he's exactly the <laughs> There's same. the tragedy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it is unfortunate. I, I know what I am. I know, I know what I am, but yeah. So enough and enough banter. That's the allotted banter. It's finished, Matt. The timer has went off. We're not allowed to exceed the quotient. And Helen, you have a a job. <laughs> I do to, to do. So we we had a a decoding the gurus quiz last year, and this will be the second year. It's now a tradition. I'm uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's nice. I've kept it nice and tight this year, so we don't have to have the roundabout Irish literature because I I felt like maybe that was not not what the people wanted. But are you ready? There are. I'm going to keep a score. There are twelve questions. So oh, oh. would you like to would you like to play this together? No, or separately Com competition. And no, man, not again. We're not doing it again. Like oh, let's say it at the same time. No, it's a competition. Me versus you, mano a mano. Okay, uh, right. I, I don't like this. Like that. This is. I think. This is not I, fair. I, I think it's. I think it's fine. You'll be fine, Matt. I think it's fine. Okay. I, 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 I can. Like, let me lure you in with a nice, easy one. What has seventy-five ingredients in a single scoop? Oh, I know. Is it? <laughs> oh, I forgot it, you say it, this every time. <laughs> is it this new tropic drink that Chris has? Is, can you have a scoop of that drink? Does that even make sense? 
How many ingredients no. has it got, Chris? Um, well, that oh, does. Right. I can see in front of me, so that would be cheating. I will tell you that that drink does not have seventy-five ingredients, Matt. That will help it's you. But one ingredient, and that's caffeine, and another ingredient <laughs> that is presumably food coloring, and that's basically it, as far as I can see. Cognizant okay. uh, and a big guy. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I, 70, I know the seventy-five ingredients. Really? Okay. All right. Well, you go first, Matt. Do you know the famous thing about um, Red Bull, by the way, which I'm sure Chris Williamson's nootropic drink has also learned from, which is that they deliberately, from an advertising marketing perspective, made it taste disgusting. Because if they'd made it taste sweet, people would be like, oh, this is just like a fizzy drink. If they made it taste horrible, they could market it as like a performance drink. Who would drink this for fun? You only drink this because you're yep. so hard. So if the fact that you mm. like the taste of that nootropic drink mm. is further proof that there's something yeah. very wrong. It's you. got a very metallic tang to it. <laughs> I will say that. But yeah. I like that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but, so, is there a buzzer? The answer. Can I buzz? No, no, just tell me, tell, me, tell me the answer. Yeah, yeah you, go on. You just, AG1. You just AG1. In. Athletic Greens. Oh, Athletic Greens. It is, in fact, Athletic Greens. Why, um, why, do you know why it's AG1? Is there an AG2 on the horizon? Or is it... Uh, I've, I don't know why it says you one. I know it's athletic greens, but I don't know what the one is there for. Hmm. Strange. Good. Look into that. Okay, <laughs> number two. Which one of these is not a real Elon Musk tweet? A. Have you ever eaten your own earwax? Surprisingly bitter. B. 10,000 bottles of burnt hair sold. C. At least 50% of my tweets were made on a porcelain throne. Or D. Nuke Mars. <laughs> oh god i'm going deep. i like doing these ones because you're like oh my god three of these are real what <laughs> yeah, you're going right. you're going you're going with nuke mars you think nuke mars is fake yeah i think okay, you because... <laughs> i'll go Why i'll go he... porcelain I'll, I'll pick the porcelain throne i regret to inform you are both wrong those are both <laughs> real elon musk tweets the fake one is have you ever own, eaten your own earwax surprisingly bitter which is a riff on dumbledore <laughs> and harry potter i don't know where that came from in my brain but it did yeah. Uh, wow. The burnt hair one is a reference to the fact that at some point he was talking about selling a perfume that smelled horrible. Oh, yeah. and it was about burnt hair. Mm. I have to say, I can wipe, wipe that one from my brain. Okay. Number three. In September, trigonometry guest and Manosphere influencer Pearl Davis tweeted, the best women are married before 25. Everyone else is left over. Don't shoot the messenger. How old was she at the time? <laughs> 29 Matt Any advance on that Matt? Uh, Ask yourself what would What would be the funniest <laughs> age for her to be? 26 Yeah, yeah 26 Okay I'm going to say that Chris you already went with 29 And Matt <laughs> just said 26 So Matt gets the point Oh my yeah, god Thank you she said that thank when you, she Helen. was 26 oh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's not favouritism Chris That's just fair It um, is fair you need it's all like the help. A, like a gold <laughs> yeah. handicap, it's fine. You are slightly less online and therefore, you know, that's a, that's a good thing for you. Mm, it does. Mm. Okay. Which of the following things did Sam Bankman-Fried not say when testifying in his fraud trial? A, that he aimed to get down to only 60,000 emails in his inbox every day. B, that he didn't cut his hair because he was busy and lazy. C, that his one regret was not appearing on Lex Friedman's podcast. Or D, that he knew basically nothing about crypto before starting FTX. Which one did he not one. say? Yeah, three of those are real. One of those are fake. Oh, no, I think he said the last one. So he didn't say... Lex. I say the Lex one is fake. 
I'll say the one about the cutting hair. The bit busy and lazy. Chris, you are correct. See, he his he didn't say that his one regret was not appearing on Lex Friedman's podcast, but you know he probably still could from prison. So that yeah, well, <laughs> I just like the fact that other people have inbox zero and he had inbox sixty thousand. Um, like what was even what even was all that stuff? <clears throat> Mostly spam. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say the man did not have junk filters, and that's yeah, that's not to his credit. Number five, what caused severe eye burn this year at an NFT festival? Severe eye burn. <laughs> Sounds like something out of House of Usher. <laughs> uh, eye burn. Eye burn. So it's got to be a bright light source of some kind. Well, good, Matt. You're right? sciencing this. You're like the fucking... <laughs> so like, keep going, keep going. Right, it's I'm reasoning like, it from first principles, I, and I appreciate that. I'm going to say a laser show then, like some fucking laser yeah. show. Sorry, where was this festival? Where was this conference? Uh, I. That's a good, very good point. I, uh, let me just see the Why magic will of podcasting find out. What's it going to well, change? Well, I was I was going to say the, the Las Vegas... Oh, the big blow. ball. Oh. The big ball. The sphere. The sphere. It was the yeah. Board Ape Yacht Club Festival in Hong Kong that took place in November. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, it's got to be lasers of some kind. Um, Stealing my answer, old man, but okay. We're both saying but, lasers. Some kind of I'll lasers. But, but I'm not going to give you specific. that because it's not quite right because they decided it would be super awesome if they had UV lights. And what's better than a normal strength UV light that you would put in your home, for example, a black light, but an industrial strength UV light used for basically cleaning hospital grade equipment. And so they installed incredibly strong UV lights that basically <laughs> burned people's <laughs> eyeballs. Uh, one of the attendees reported that uh, it felt like microwaving your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's that's like it didn't Donald Trump suggest doing that like to get rid of COVID you know like swallow light or put light all over you maybe that's they were just just they were just ahead of their time hygiene yeah. yeah and someone pointed out that the bald ape signal is actually like supposed to be a monkey with uh, like laser beams coming out of its eyes and they're like oh I didn't realize actually the laser beams go into your eyes but yeah no I don't UV and laser are not the same type of light that's true. and people will will write in. If they we will. Say that they are. Yes, they will. <laughs> See if your emails, we're not getting the point. Okay. Okay. Number six. What did Joe Rogan do with Elon Musk at a safe distance in a warehouse this year? I know. Let's give Matt Solbury a chance to get those cogs wearing. <laughs> what do you think he did in a warehouse with Elon Musk? What would those two rascals get up to? Well, it's from a safe distance, so they couldn't have been wrestling. Oh, look uh, at this science rain. <laughs> Every word. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Joe Rogan did it while Elon Musk was at a safe distance. Watching him. Um, a flying kick? Okay, Push-ups? good. He uh, <laughs> probably did those as well, just off camera. He shot the bow and arrow at the Cybertruck. He did. And so I, I can't remember whose tweet it was, but they were like, this is really good because I have always worried about being attacked by Mongolian horse archers on the school run. <laughs> or, or Joe Rogan <laughs> just popping out from behind the bush to try and spear you and cook you at the, you know, in the, before his cold plunge. Like that could happen if you're in Texas. Yeah. So I, I have been enjoying the videos of the people like kicking, extremely weak looking. Oh. Kicking, kicking the cyber truck with their loafers and ineffectually. Does that um, that 
does it like if you kick a car like that, a normal car, like do they would it like are people denting cars via kicks usually? Is that something that normally happens with like a just like a normal truck? I guess if it's a supercar and it's carbon fiber, then actually it's really easily to dent it, right? Because it's just so light, but that comes across. But yeah, I don't think if you've got a basically a normal family car, then just a light, like, if you know, I just also, when is this going to come up? Like all of these, as you say, all of these people like live in Texas and they drive to the, for them, the food truck to their factory and back again. They don't have to at any point go on to sustained assault from a panzer division. Like it's just not coming up, is it? <laughs> to be fair, it is America <laughs> where, where there is the possibility of just like random people opening fire on you. Um, so it's, maybe it's more of a priority in, in that neck of the woods. The other thing that's really fascinating is the British car series Top Gear once had a whole series where they took a Toyota Hilux truck and they tried to destroy it in as many ways as possible, which eventually culminated in them putting it on the top roof of a building that was scheduled for demolition and then blowing up the building and then dragging it out of the wreckage, at which point with just like a little bit of oil and a kind of bit of tech, it still started. And it was a kind of classic example. I don't know whether or not it's apocryphal of like, you know, the way that the AK-47 has become the weapon of choice for jihadists because it's basically it hasn't got very many moving parts and you can buy, you know, replacements for it and fix it really quickly. And the same thing with the, the apocryphal story, I think about the, you know, the Americans made this biro that worked in space and the Russians took a pencil. But there is a kind of aspect to that of the Cybertruck, right, which is just quite old, by bang, get an old banger. Mm. And, you know, one of those old cars that's just like a workhorse car and it will probably do most of the things you want. And if you need bulletproof glass, then probably have a think about your life choices and what, yeah. what you did to get here. But then you wouldn't be cool and edgy. Like literally edgy in the case of the Cybertruck. Like that's, it's edge embodied. I was going to say, you want your car and your truck to, to bend, to, to, to dent if you kick it. Because if it doesn't, it, then it means it's got ridiculously <laughs> thick steel. And that is a waste of weight. They, they, you know, they, they pop right back out. This is good. Anyway, you want a Toyota. Basically, you want a Toyota. It, it, that's, right, that's like you want like a nice, you want an AK-47 and you want a Toyota. And a Toyota. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> These are the tools for the 21st century terrorist or man about town. Yes. Um, I've got a Honda. i got a Honda. That's very nice. They're, they're okay. Yeah. Right, I'm sorry, good. Chris, but as soon as you start that, I start hearing the rest of Baby Got Back in my head. <laughs> I got a Honda. <laughs> my baby's got a Honda. It's got yeah. a very Japanese name. It's called the Honda Freed. Like freed. I was freed. I, that's, from your Honda. <laughs> uh, well, my Honda freed me from the oh. shackles of walking. So, yeah, there, there you go. Anyway, there, that's, that's my car for anybody who wants to look it up. That's very good. I'm sure people can go and do their own research on that one. Number seven, which of your gurus or people you've covered on the podcast at least, told Swagger, the magazine for entrepreneurs, I don't consider myself a journalist. I get information the way most people get their information, whether it's from Twitter or Instagram or YouTube. I tell people what I think. I try to talk to the camera in a way that is like talking to a friend. There's so many of them that could be. Which of them is most likely to talk to Swagger, the magazine yeah. for entrepreneurs? Elon Musk. Again, Elon Musk. Mm. Mm, that would be a lot of Elon Musk, though. Wouldn't it? <laughs> Matt, I'm That's going to give you a clue and say it's someone else I did also see lurking around the edges of the Alliance for Responsible Citizenship, along with uh, uh, conceptual James and Brett. Fuck, doing I some know interviews. who it is. American, <laughs> lives in Florida. Weird. No, you I don't know who it is. 
you decided he wasn't actually that much of a guru who is just annoying. His oh, name rhymes with Maeve Boobin. His <laughs> okay, first name is Dave. Now I know. Now I know. But now it's now it's embarrassing. Say it, Matt. Say it. Dave Rubin. All right. Dave well then, the point goes to Matt. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I was thinking well, there was well Constantine deserved. until you. Like, yeah, I, I was. I was going to go Constantine because that's the sound. But Constantine, kind of... like he's not. Is he being interviewed by Swagger yet? Not yet. No. Give it time, can, mm. uh, you know. But then I guess that is that is the model, isn't it? Right? That you, I like this, but I like the revelation of like, oh, I just, I just hear things, and then I just sort of pass them on without passing them through any kind of filtration <laughs> system at all. I was like, oh, you just, you, you said it out loud. That was how kind yeah. of you. That's, I, 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 I know I'm interrupting the quiz, Helm, but you, you know, Logan Paul had a po- has a podcast called Impulsive. So this is not, hang on a minute, this is one of the two brothers, like Jake and Logan Paul, who are both influencers slash now mixed martial artist boxers. Yes. Which one, remind me which one of them it is. So Logan He's Paul. He's the boxer one. No, he is the, um, oh, well, they're both boxers. No, but but Logan Paul is a WWE guy, but he's the one that went to the Japanese forest and looked at the dead suicide person. Um, that's him. So the, the older brother, but he, he has a podcast called Impulsive, and they had a co-host on it called George Janko, who was like the third wheel on that podcast, and he was kind of you know the the one that was beat up in in joke, joking terms, and he was Christian. This was the kind of thing that kept me in front of him for being religious and being into Jordan Peterson or this kind of stuff. And he said nice things about Andrew Tate. And he has just recently, a week ago, interviewed Andrew Tate for his YouTube channel. And it's got, you know, whatever, like 7 million views or whatever. And I listened, I saw him just, I was watching the intro to it and he was saying, he was talking to his wife who he brought on the podcast and was like, you know, you had all these preconceptions about Andrew Tate. And then I told you to do your own research and, you know, you, you find out that all this stuff about him being a misogynist and all, it was just wrong. You know, you just got to do your own research and you, you find out that it's all nonsense. Like none of the accusations and you're like, this is not true. <laughs> like that's, that's the opposite. But he was, he was just, you know, saying you got to be responsible, got to do your own research and you'll find out that, you know, it's all lies what they say about Andrew Tate. And you're like, no, oh, that's that's not true. That's not the right. weirdest thing about that is that Andrew Tate, God bless him in some respects, he will just flat out say, I'm a misogynist. I just don't think women are that good. They should stay in the kitchen, right? It's not like this kind of dance of the seven veils where it's like, who can even say, no, you're being really uncharitable to him. Like, he's pretty, he's pretty open about it. I know. That's what makes it quite impressive. And actually, that guy, the George Janko guy, who was like the sympathetic guy getting beat up by the mean, evil... Logan Paul, and he's just a little religious dolt. And then, um, no, he's, he's like a gullible manosphere dickhead. So there you go. <laughs> but it's actually like it's a, a huge insult to Andrew Tate, right? In the same way that sometimes people will say things like that about Jordan Peterson, they'll say, well, he doesn't really use Christian imagery or whatever. And you're like, I, I can't believe that I've actually <laughs> listened to the things that he has said from his own mouth and you haven't. It's very weird, isn't it? Yeah, this is this is the the trouble with people. They don't listen to what the gurus are saying. They should be paying attention a little more. Helm, we're often saying that. We're often saying oh, that. It's true. So. Well, perhaps they could consume them through the me- intermediary medium of some sort of podcast about about the uh, the whole sphere. Only there Who is a say? way. Yeah, <laughs> quite right. Okay, quite right. Number eight, sort of on a similar theme. Who said this year? 
If you're into flat earth and you feel very good about it, that you believe that the earth is flat, the idea you should censor that is ridiculous. If it makes you feel good and you're becoming the best version of yourself, I think you should be getting as much flat earth as possible. Sounds like something Dave Rubin would say, but it's not him. And we've already had Maeve Boobin. <laughs> so who would say that, Matt? Who would be yeah, pro who would, who would, flat who would, earth? The kind of person probably who would say it with love. Lex uh. Friedman. Lex Friedman. <laughs> you said the magic word. <laughs> uh, Matt yeah. would have done yeah. that too. Matt, so. I could see I could see the glint of recognition in Matt's eyes, but he was just less. Of course it would be Lex Friedman. Of course yeah. it would. Yeah. If you're becoming yeah. the best version of yourself, obviously a version of yourself that can't fly to Australia because how would you reach it? But nonetheless, you should be heard. Um, yeah, yeah, he said that to Andrew Huberman, and um, I'm afraid I'm going to have to go and look up and see whether Andrew Huberman went, are you on glue? Which is no, what he, he should didn't. say to the, that the answer is, but I suspect he didn't. No, he didn't. He did not, Mr. Huberman. <laughs> okay, continuing the theme, number nine. I've numbered these wrong. Oh, well, never mind. No one will ever know. Who said... Journalists annoy the hell out of me, so I understand from Putin's perspective that journalism, journalists, can be seen as the enemy of the state. Annoy the hell out Ding. of me. Okay, but I'm going to give Matt first go at this. Well, it sounds like Jordan Peterson. He gets annoyed by you. You're a journalist, Helen. Um, it's true, but who? think about how much... Constantine. Think about the loving, loving Putin aspect of it. Wait, I say Constantine, but he famously hates Putin. Yeah, yeah. This guy, it's not Constantine. Wrong. It's not. So, Chris, I'm afraid I'm benching you. You incorrectly interrupted, so I'm going to deduct <laughs> five points from you. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. <laughs> it's really happening. <laughs> We're not doing well. We're not doing well this, this year. Matt, would you like to take a guess? Who, who, who okay. is perhaps softer on Putin and understands his hatred of journalists more than the average American podcaster? Oh, see, it's not Jordan Peterson, even though that is totally, that fits with him. He, he's sympathetic. He's someone else who's sympathetic. It may be uh, someone who's been in an answer previously again. Oh, um, well, Lex is sympathetic. He's sympathetic to everybody. Lex? Correct, Matt. So that is <laughs> a point for you. <laughs> point of order. Point... so far, uh, Matt is on four points and Chris is on minus one. Wow. <laughs> point, point, point Chris, of Chris, order. Chris. <laughs> Chris, pay attention, Chris. You might learn a few couple of things, you know. I'll try. Um, but I do just want to say that Constantine, even though he's famously a little bit lukewarm towards Putin, he he did come out saying, you know, Ukraine needs to give it up now. They've been they've done enough. And then he was profiled by various like sources that cover Putin apologists, pointing out that he's actually not that good. And Russia, and he's repeated a whole bunch of things that they have essentially pushed. So I'm just saying, I wasn't completely off base. That's that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> In a very, very real way, the fact that you could even think that it was Constantine says a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's stunning. It's stunning. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you for that cope. Okay, this is the one where I feel like I really earned my corn because I read Elise Yudikowsky's multi-page forum-style like interactive, also written by other people, erotic fiction called Project Lawful. And I, oh I, it's possible, may never recover. So which <laughs> of these is not a real passage from Elise Yudkowsky's erotic fiction Project Lawful, okay? <clears throat> not real. Okay, one. I mean, I'm going to say that these are all quite long because the, the man loves a comma. Okay, here we go. 
Well, personally, were I given the run of the Archduke of Sirmium's summer villa, I would go look at all the bedrooms before I decided which one I was claiming and probably take his own personal bedroom unless he's decorated it grotesquely like with the skulls of his enemies. But if you're terribly eager to go to bed, we could just ask the staff what their plan was and I'm sure they'll have a skull-free, very lovely bedroom. A. Okay. B. My ambition before I ended up here was to fairly make a billion labour hours and then marry about two dozen women and have about 144 kids. That was B. C. Calistria, god of women who want to leave their husbands, get abortions and get revenge. Why this doesn't also apply symmetrically to men who want to leave their wives is one of the things he didn't have time to ask Carissa. That was C. D. Kelton felt a pulse within him again, deeper this time, like the first time he beheld the beauty of the void space. Shafara always had this effect on him, damn it, and his pressure suit was too tight to contain any excitement. That was D. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> so, Archduke of Sirmium's summer villa bedrooms, one... Uh, yeah. 144 kids, two, unequal sex differences of like leaving husbands and wives, C, or the beauty of the void space, D. That's amazing. I'm, I'm going to go with one. Um, and I'm just amazed that he wrote three of those, whether I'm right or wrong. I think B <laughs> is the, the fig. Okay. So you, you think, Matt, you're going for the Archduke of Sirmium's summer villa bedrooms. Um, That's the one with the skulls, right? That's the one with the yeah. skulls. Yeah. That sounds like something and, you would make up. Um. <laughs> well, yeah. Isn't it? There's only one that is not real. Yes. Three are yes, real. You're picking the fake. You're picking the fake one. Yeah, yeah. You're and you're going, fake. Chris, with the hundred and forty, the billion labor hours, and having hundred and forty-four kids. Yeah. You are oh, yeah. both wrong. Those are both real sentences from Project Lawful. Uh, What's the fake? Which one did you What's- make? Which yeah, one did you make up? The, the fake one is Calvin felt the pulse within him again deeper this time, wow. like the first time he beheld the beauty of the void space. And I was like, as I was writing it, I was like, do you know, I think I've got a future in this. This is quite good. <laughs> <Yeah>, that, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the one that made me want to read. I'm going to write extremely horny Reddit-based fiction. That's my pivot for the new year. The skull one is real. The skull one is real, Matt. He wrote that. Also, the one that's obviously real is the bit about like, oh, I see. So it's okay for women to get abortions, but not men. Oh, yeah, that's so obviously. Feminine. And you were like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, yeah, no, obviously. Real. Yeah. <clears throat> Who said this year? Say what you want about Hamas supporters. At least they know what a woman is. Ah. Constantine hasn't been the answer for anything yet, but. Who would mm. say something so stupid? Tucker Carlson, Russell Brand, mm. Mm, Elon mm. Musk. They were, it's, the mm. problem is, Helen, there's so many. <laughs> many of them would say that. Yeah. God's sad. God's sad. God. That sounds like a God's sad kind of joke. Yeah. Matt, are you going to be led astray by the other children or are you going to come to your own answer? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I, I do like the sound of Gad said, now Chris says it, but um, <laughs> um, no, I'm going to go for Jordan Peterson because that's, the answer's got to be right sooner or later. It was Constantin Kizin. No! Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that, that is it. a very Constantin thing to say. It is. Of course it is. They're both, but like yeah. bad comedians, there's so many. Is it a Gad said joke? Is it a constant? Is it a Francis? No, it's not Francis. <laughs> no funny voice. It's never Francis. <laughs> no. <Aww>. Oh. <laughs> see, Matt's the nasty one. There, Helen picked it up. Just, just saying. That's all right. I'm, I'm the Francis in this conversation. Just trying to keep up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to Constant Kissing, that was at the Alliance for Responsible Citizenship, and his speech got the best reception because he had put some jokes in it, 
and everyone yeah. else was talking about birth rates or accepting Jesus into your heart, I would say he had the, definitely the most upbeat of all the speeches. So credit to him on that one. Number wow. 12, which of these is not a real product shilled by Andrew Huberman? Okay, are you mm. ready? A, Honkat yeah. and Fidogia supplements to synergistically uplift energy levels. B, rugged enemas use royal flush for 15% off. C, LMNT, which I realize now is lemon tea, tagline, stay salty. Or D, Maui Nui venison, the healthiest red meat on the planet. Wow. See, I've... Three, I've, three of those are real. I have browsed his product offerings and I've come across like dozens of them and I've not come across any of those. Like how many of them... What is he endorsing? Being the anima one feels yeah. on Wait, the nose. Yeah, I, I was going to say anima. I thought of it before him. <laughs> I didn't say it, but I was going to say anima. But I also know I've listened to lots of podcasts, Matt, and enemas and like fitted boxer briefs are, and, and the stuff like man skipping balls are things that podcasters often advertise in that really? space. Yeah, because because I because I actually went for that because I thought that's not a practical thing to market. No, like, people like really like like anima. No way. <laughs> but, like but what anima. do they sell? They like bidets. They like bidets. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. I'm thinking. I was thinking of a bidet. Yeah, it's not. He didn't market animas. No way. Look at you just laughing about the fact you're living in a like country that's got toilets with little like built-in enema sprays. But um, if you have you watched the mad uh, Russell Brand interview with R Florida uh, governor and oh. presidential candidate Ron DeSantis, where he throws away from this very serious discussion with Ron DeSantis, he obviously wants to be president of the, the United States, to advertise a type of underwear that keeps your balls like essentially dry. <laughs> And it was yeah. the, it is like the sort of most peak guru moment of like the fact that the, the kind of the sheer indignity of the fact that this entire industry runs on like the kind of adverts you got at the back of a newspaper that everyone pretended didn't exist and weren't your business line. Now it's like the thing that you're you're like you're open about. Look at me, look at what I'm shilling. I'm shilling ball underwear. There's back two to Ron DeSantis uh, to talk about wokeness. <laughs> there's two products that I hear promoted on podcasts from people who are not, you know, like their their podcast image is not like sex fiend and they're the manscape like make your your testicular region shorn and the other one is blue chew a viagra pill that will that will apparently have the effects of viagra but it's very jarring to hear you know like a kind of dad style podcaster be like do you need help in the bedroom and you're like hey what you shouldn't be shilling these so yeah matt we might have to do that we might need to do that you know i'm just warning you uh that's some that that's funny because i, I i'm pretty sure i read that um halitosis as a concept was sort of invented by the advertising industry I mean, in the era yeah, before toothbrushes, sort of, to some extent, everybody had pretty bad breath. And like, but the concept that there was a condition called halitosis that one could have, and then you could solve it with, I, I don't know, presumably this was the 1920s, presumably smoking was supposed to make it better, or but mints. And I sort of think that's a bit the same about like men waxing their balls. I just think if you're a straight man and you're having sex with women, they aren't, they just aren't, they just don't care. And it's a sort of heroic attempt to create a whole new category of, of thing that is just probably not, it's going to founder on the rocks of women being really having very low standards. Do you remember the, whatchamacallit, the Mitchell and Webb thing where they had the execs talking about toothbrushes and they were saying like, we'll put a thing on the back of the toothbrush 
and will tell them that they need to brush their tongue. And they it said, nobody w will brush their tongue. Like it's not, and say they will, if we tell them that we will brush their tongue, they'll brush their tongue, God damn it. And they said, but brushing your tongue makes you wretch. And they said, it doesn't matter. So, you know, uh, that I, yeah, that stands the reason. So, but we're going with Enema. It's our final answer, millionaire okay. style. You are correct. Yes. It is enemas. Although I don't know, I don't think I really should be the person to tell you this, but it is possible to do enemas at home. There's a very interesting, I'm trying to remember which um, astronaut it is, but one of the things that they had to do before uh, qualifying for NASA's space program was have a colonoscopy. And I think it's one called Tom something. I think he's called Tom Jones, but that was also the Welsh singer, so it seems <laughs> unlikely. And he talks about the fact that he basically did about three at-home enema kits because he wanted to be sure that he aced his colonoscopy, which I'm not really sure is, is quite how it works, but just a little bit of edutainment for you there. That's uh, Matt and Chris. good to know. Yeah, well, Huberman's find one product that they can expand into. So <laughs> there we go. We've helped him out if he listens to this. Mm. That's true. Okay, last question, number 13, as it turns out. Which of the following insults did James Lindsay not use against Jonathan Pajot this year in an argument over the Enlightenment? Okay. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. A. Icon wanker. B. Con artist. C. Artsy fartsy philosophical amateur. Or D. Fucking clown. We, we must have said fucking clown. That's definitely James. Nailed um, on. Yeah, I'm sure. Mm hmm. Oh, artsy fartsy. What was the first one? Icon, Icon wanker. wanker. Icon, Icon. He's not wanker. British. He's not British. <laughs> does he know what He's a wanker British. is? I mean, he is yeah. a wanker. But Helen, does he... you, may have, you may have tipped <laughs> your hand. <laughs> Wait, wait, why have I? <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> I'll give Matt the, the secret <laughs> key. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> Uh, uh, okay, F final answer from both of you. Icon wanker, yeah. con artist, artsy-fartsy philosophical amateur, or fucking clown? Icon wanker. Yeah, I've got to go for the wanker because, yeah. Yeah, arms, arms linked, Chris. You are both, both correct. Oh, yes. Chris is entirely See? right. It is an overly yeah. British insult, which I picked <laughs> entirely because there was a, once a comedy series uh, called The Inbetweeners, and one of the which was about kids at a school, and one of them started taking a briefcase to school, and all the other kids would shout "briefcase wanker" at him, <laughs> and I just thought the idea of following Jonathan Pajot around the internet going "I call wanker," <laughs> I call <was>, wanker. Uh, <laughs> See, but, <laughs> but this funny. is the key. This is the key. This is the magic key for for winning at your quizzes, Helen. You don't you forget about the subject. <laughs> Because it's impossible to know all this bullshit about all of these people. <laughs> what you do is you think about Helen and you think about <laughs> Helen constructing this thing and you think, what would Helen do making an artificial But you couldn't do that with Eliezer. The Eliezer, like, you've yeah, posted. Eliezer that trouble, it troubles yeah. you, doesn't it, Chris? That you're going to go and read Project Lawful now and be like, oh, Yeah, did he really good. not say that? <laughs> it's, I'm going to have to read the whole thing just to fact check that. Does that mean I lost, Helen? Did I lose this well, year? Would you, I was going to say, would you like the final scores? Yeah. Which is that you you both scored six points. However, because of Chris's minus five penalty for interruption, <laughs> Matt is the winner. Oh no. Yeah. Oh. Uh, well look, you know, there's no there's no I in team, right? We we're a team. You're not gonna set us up to compete, cause division, cause uh, contention. It's true, you it's a team, but you're just the best member of the team. 
my the senior member of the team. That's can right. I show you what I have prepared? Like, because <laughs> let me show you. I don't know if it's going to work. This will be, either way, it, it'll be enjoyable for you. So let me see if it works. Let me see. <laughs> Nothing's happening. Ah, yeah. <laughs> 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 so, so, so unfortunately i can't i couldn't use that so the people who are listening couldn't see but there was a laser show which i went off um on my video screen so, so chris actually um i know about this right this this thing where gestures in zoom generate yeah. those effects and, and i know because my colleague it somehow became activated for him and he didn't even know what would set it off, but just every now and again, <laughs> go, oh no, and these things would happen. Luke and he uh, can say, Thank you, Helen. Okay, that one doesn't happen. <laughs> 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 what do this? No, it's not going to work for you. It only works for me because it's, uh, uh, okay. it's a Mac thing. So, like, I, I think I can do this. Exactly. Yeah. You can't see it because my background's blurred, but yeah. And it makes you explode, apparently. Yeah. Well, that's, that's... lovely, Chris. Thank you, Chris. I, you said yeah. you prepared oh. something special, and I didn't realise it was it was emojis, have... essentially. <laughs> I do have one other thing, although I do realise this might slightly tick up your, your morning, but I'll try to do it quickly, Helen. So in a reversal, is that reversal? Isn't that a game Americans play with cards? the reversal uno, something like that. I've played the reversal card. I've twisted the table. I was, now I'm the quiz master. Look at me, Helen. Look at me. Okay. I'm the quiz master now. I I'm going to made... need your help here. Yeah. Because <laughs> no, no one is as online as Chris, and you have to spend a lot of time with him, so you have the better insight into his psychology on this one. So we're going to have to yeah. work out. What would Chris... No, 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 no. I will help what, you. Yes. This is not yeah. a quiz about. Hello, Matt will, will help you. I think he should. But this is a quiz specifically to test your journalist bona fides because it's all about the gurus you covered, what they've been up to since you've covered them. Have you just discarded them like wet tracks in the rain? Don't know that by that analogy. Somebody might be throwing wet tracks away in the rain. You don't know, Helen. This is all about people you've covered on your new guru series. So who is the responsible person covering gurus? Is it you? Is it us? We'll find out with these themed questions. So let's see how you do. In, in this new gurus quiz. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm mm -hmm. ready. All right. So uh, there's, there's basically one for each of your episodes. So there's, well, there's, there's eight questions. Okay. I'm going to so, lose uh, a quiz about myself. This is, this is, this is, is going to be worse than your tea shock horror last year. Right. Okay. I, I'm ready. <laughs> I also skipped the one about the guy who died because I felt in bad taste to create a kind of humorous <laughs> question about what yes. he's been up to. So, yes, as setting that aside, first of all, in a letter to a friend from 1973, Steve Jobs wrote, Tim, I've read your letter many times. I do not know what to say. Many mornings have come and gone. People have came and went. I have loved and I have cried many times. But how did he finish this paragraph? Four options. Okay. But in, not option one, but in my depths, the truth whispers. Can you hear it too? Option two. Yet 
Beneath the waves, the core remains untouched. Do you see it? Option three. Somehow, though, beneath it all, it doesn't change. Do you understand? <laughs> Option four. Still, beneath the ebb and flow of life, the essence persists. Can you feel its presence? Now, one of them, he finished that letter with. Which one was it? I was really hoping that one of them would be like, P.S., I've invented the Apple II, and I think it's a banger. But <laughs> no. No, no such, no such bone is, was being thrown to me. This is before he went on his pilgrimage to India, if that helps you out. <laughs> so, I don't know what you think, Matt, but I'm tempted to go with the ebb and flow of life. But that might just be recency bias, and, and because they all sounded vaguely like mystic woo bollocks, I've just latched onto the last one you have in my yeah. depths beneath the waves somehow beneath it all and the ebb and flow mm. no, i like in my depths i did like in 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 my depths that was good too mm. what's your answer mm. final answer okay i can't help you helen they all sound equally mm. yeah. Do you know what i'm going Lovely. for i'm going for in, i'm going for a in my depths oh sorry sorry somehow though beneath it all it doesn't change do you understand? That was no, the correct answer. No, I don't. Answer. So, yes, that's uh, sadly, but you know, that's just the first one. There's many chances to come back from this. And and Steve Jobs was a particularly an odd fellow. And to be fair, you didn't interview him on the episode. He just came up. So here's another. I can, however, okay, let me let me say, ask you one. What were Steve Jobs' last words according to the Walter Isaacson biography of him? My God, it's full of stars. <laughs> Almost. They were supposed to be, oh, wow, oh, wow. Okay. Okay. That's pretty good Which words to go out on. Kind of good. Yeah. Like, quite, quite. If you're going to, if that's your whole vibe that you're kind of like merging with the universal consciousness, that's quite a funky setup. Just, you know, bear in mind for the for your distant future. That's quite a banger set of last words rather than what's the, the, what the famous, like, one that's always misattributed to Oscar Wilde, which is like, either that wallpaper goes or I do. Is, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. I like the one. Um, who's that English admiral? He he was he was expressing his his love for his for his. What they say? Uh, the I... famous Nelson Nelson. Um, what they say? His well, mistress for, well, or his of... dog? No, That's no. Second. His 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 shipmate. His his captain. His second in command. Captain. You know, in the that very. Was it 19th oh, is century? that not that's is that the one that's always disputed whether or not it's kiss me hardy or kismet hardy? Is that the one? Yeah, no, no. The, he 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 went on for quite a bit about his his strong affections for him, but you know that that was how they spoke in those days. But the, his very last words was something, oh, was something very weird. It was something. Um, it, I think there was the, the blood was not getting to the head, so everyone. Mm. Was I mean, a lot of last words must be quite. It must be quite trippy because people are either ebbing away or on very, very strong drugs. So there must be a lot more like kind of, you know, the pigeons are coming. Than yeah. you, you, you do, recall, <laughs> do recall Brett Weinstein's inventive evolutionary theory that, you know, something that occurs, especially when no, people are being hung. No, is... we're not. No, no, <laughs> thank you, Chris. No, no. The, the, the post-mortem no. ejaculation. It's adaptive, no. okay? I'm sorry. It's it's science. Don't, don't blame maybe, the maybe, maybe other men, but not Nelson, Chris. Not Nelson. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, well, on that, from that rude comment, we'll turn to someone you know well, Helen, a man who drinks his own urine from time oh. to time. Will Blunderfield. Um, Lovely Will Blunderfield, yeah. A nice man, some odd habits. But what has he been saying? So which of the following is not a post 
that he made in the following month on Facebook. So three of these are real. One is false. Which one is one? Uh, if you're naming your fitness brand Spartan or Warrior, but hitting the gym fully clothed, you might be a poser. Spartans worked out naked. Just saying, hashtag real warriors, hashtag gym poser. Option one. Okay. That's real. I'm sure that's real. Well, Option- he does like, I mean, he li- notoriously does butthole sunning in Vancouver. He's quite, his whole shtick is the wild naked man. So that's not an implausible. And also yeah. very true about the Greeks, you know, frankly. That's, mm-hmm. that's not going to help you. <laughs> Next oh. one. 40 dudes sign up for full moon yoga, which is exactly what it sounds like. Helps with the flexibility, shocks the passerbys. Hashtag mooning meditation, hashtag burr asanas. That's number two. Burr asanas. That's quite good. Yeah. Good pun. Option three. I wear a kilt because it lets my balls breathe. Option three. No, that's just something that you've written. What's what's D? Option four. The Matrix wants you to feel gay, panic. Oh, sorry. The Matrix wants you to feel gay panic to lower your procreative propensities. Yes, yeah, I, I believe that one because he has a quite a tortured relationship with his sexuality uh, and now defines himself as sort of beyond label. So I'm going to go. I, I actually have yep. never seen a picture of him wearing a kilt, so I'm going kilt, Chris. Go, yep, go that's, three. That's go your, three. I think that's your Celtic nature just creeping out there. Uh, you would be wrong. The false Ooh. one was the one with the pun, uh, the bare asanas. I, uh, I did. That was, you, uh, that was me. That's right. I with, just... Um, I'm genuinely impressed because I did not know that you had an intricate enough knowledge of yoga positions in order to be able to craft a solid buttock-based yoga pun, and I, I apologise to you for that. Well, ChatGPT may have helped out with that pun, but anyway, we'll, we'll continue on uh, with that. So You wrote your quiz with ChatGPT. I did not. Do you think ChatGPT cannot be coerced into being rude unless you try very hard? So, But I did seek its help for some pun. I, I have to say. So credit to you, ChatGPT. It deserves the credit for that pun. Ali Abdel, productivity uh, hacker person man, recently yeah, former provided... doctor. Yeah. Oh, yes, doctor. Nice guy on your show, actually. Recently provided a nine-step sleep routine on Twitter. Which of the following... Oh, oh sorry. No, sorry. I have, I have reordered this. So here are the first seven steps. Get your R's in. Build a sleep rhythm, start with sunlight, morning exercise, caffeine control, catch the evening sun, set dark mode. That's steps one to seven. Okay. You're almost there. Now, steps seven or step seven, eight, no, steps eight and nine. The last two steps, three options. I'm sorry. I would like to say I retract me being nice about your puns when it turns out you can't count to nine. Look, <laughs> there's a lot of numbers in this thing that I've written down. There are three options and these are the two, two to finish that list. Yeah, that's it. So expect the spike. Keep your cool. That's pair number one. Next one. Dim the lights. Evening reflection. Next one. Tech timeout. Sleep cycle. So, which one is it? Read me A again. Uh, expect the spike, keep your cool. That one sounds plausible because having a cool bedroom is definitely much better for you, right? Like it's much better to have a nice big duvet or blanket on, but in an essentially cool room. So I don't, I don't know what expect the spike would be though. Maybe you do. Maybe that's the bit where you 
get into bed and then suddenly you spend an hour scrolling TikTok and you should expect that and not find yourself it's, watching pool cleaning when, videos at 11 p.m. It's when the new tonic kicks in. <laughs> I hope he's paying you. I really do. Otherwise, this is just embarrassing. You are like Huberman shilling like healthiest friend me on the planet uh, yeah he's not paying me but he can pay me with more of these drinks that's the only way (laughs) are you now are you now addicted to chris williamson's nootropic drink i am i am i'm 100 percent addicted i've replaced one addiction with that and i'm gonna run out i think it's it's big part of his long-term strategy but yeah so but let's forget about my addictions let's focus on the steps what is it what's your answer that's my matt matt do you have thoughts that my hunch is that one but I quite like the second one. It, it was boring, but so so were the rest of the steps. Chris, what, what was the second? Dim the lights, evening reflection. Yeah, see, that's seems plausible. So who are you going to go with, Helen? Your intuitions are old man mad. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with mine, and then Matt can stick with his, and then he can he can win this quiz as well, which will be like the crowning achievement of Matt's year, surely. Unfortunately, not because you were right to dump the old man. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> Expect this fight. Keep your cool. Um, although then the lights evening reflection was created by me, Matt, which is why you liked it. So there we go. That's just right. why we're podcast. I have to say, if there's friends. anyone that I would look to for sleep advice, it is of course you. <laughs> Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take Mr. time out, sleep Mr. cycle. <laughs> I did spend a long time on this. <laughs> Coming up with possible alternatives, but yeah. Yeah, you've got no right to talk about Chris. Uh, Chris, sleeping. Your, your sleep cycle is to sleep two hours underneath your desk at three o'clock in the afternoon, and that's mm. it. Oh, uh, okay, okay. He doesn't How need to he? sleep. He's beyond sleep now, now that he's got, what is it called? It's called something like, it's called yeah, something Yeah, look, you're making me shell it. You're making me shell it. But, um, yeah, you, what's this drink called again, Chris? Yeah. Remind New us. tonic, productivity <laughs> drink available. Like 12 packs, but yeah. So Helen was right. Helen got that right. One point for you. Now, the next one. We're now doing diversity, aren't we? So this is good. I'm, I, oh, I look know, forward to you getting it. I can remember the order of episodes. <laughs> so yeah, this was this was diversity gurus, this one. Yeah, this one was a bit tricky. When Regina Jackson and Syra Rao Roa were dropped by their theater agent at CAA for their comments over the conflict in Gaza, how did Sarah Roa describe it? Rao. Rao. How did Sarah... <laughs> Wow, <laughs> describe it. That's that's a hard one to say. Um, option one: This is McCarthyism on steroids and ethnic cleansing. We are disgusted but not shocked. Option two: The desire to be perfect and to avoid conflict at all costs are characteristics of white supremacy culture, which we will not abide. Hashtag no silence. Option three, they will not silence us. We, black, indigenous, and brown folks, are not each other's enemy, regardless of what they say. Hashtag stand together. Option four, CAA have shown their true colors, adding you to the list of fascist American media organizations. Hashtag free Palestine. Uh, The first one doesn't have a hashtag. Is that right, Chris? Oh, no, sorry. It should have a hashtag. It should have hashtag Free Palestine. Sorry, I missed that. Yes. Mm. 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 Interesting, Matt. Interesting that he missed the hashtag out of that one. 
Yeah, I I like I like the first one nonetheless. That's I I know that I don't have a great track record of being your brain's trust talent, but just for what it's worth, I like the first one too, and I quite like the second one because there is a lot of chat about white supremacy, and I know that Sarah Tyra Rao did do a tweet afterwards, which was amazing about the fact that how terrible it was that Taylor Swift hadn't weighed in on the conflict because she could, quote, end it with one Instagram post, which she's mm. just like, poses the question, what would the Instagram post say? Like, what would, you, what would that involve? I I tell you what, I'm going to, let's do this, let's see the spread betting again. I'm going to go B if you're going to go A, Matt. Uh, I'm going to go white supremacy culture is about conflict avoidance. Oh, Matt, one point for you. Helen, zero. And <laughs> I will mention, though, that your sense was not wrong. That is a real tweet from Sarah. 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 It's, uh, it's just not about this particular topic. So that's why you oh, recognize that. That was mm. cunning of you. That, that is cunning. That is, a real that tweet cheating. from another time. That's <laughs> so, no respect for the... the Law of the quiz. <laughs> That's, yeah. You're you're not yeah. both equal on one point. It's heating up. Wait, this isn't a competition. I'm Helen's advisor. If she doesn't choose to take my advice, doesn't listen to her elders. That's that's I can't I can't do anything about that. Okay, well that's that was good. Now number five, Matt, you should get this one. The sense makers famously had a session that was aimed at making sense of sense making, featuring Daniel Schmachtenberger, Jimmy Whelan, Jordan Hall. Which of the following? is not a title from the Rebel Wisdom channel, okay? So there is one of these which is not real. Which one is it? And here are your options. In Search of the Third Attractor with Daniel Schmachtenberger. If we don't fix sense-making, we won't survive with Daniel Schmachtenberger. <laughs> War on sense-making with Daniel Schmachtenberger. Wait, that's real, Helen. That's real. <laughs> Sense-making and society, a critical dialogue with Daniel Schmachtenberger. Mm. <laughs> Better. <laughs> one more. There's one more. I'm going to add oh, this one. <laughs> Better sense-making with Daniel Schmachtenberger, John Fervaki, and Sarah Ness. Does anyone at any point ever ask Daniel Schmachtenberger, what is sense-making, though? Just can you just sum it up in a tweet? Bless him. <laughs> Four of those are real. <laughs> How much time have you got, Helen? You, you could ask him that if you've got four or five hours to spare. Um, He's uh, running I too many paradigms those. for me. Which one do you think it is? Yeah. My advice to you, not my, not my guess, but my advice to you for your guess is for sense-making in society. A critical dialogue. Yeah. It's very funny yeah. that this is sort of allied with a movement that complains about postmodernism all the time because this is like the titles of things I had to read as an undergraduate, you know. The next level, the next level. You you cannot you cannot overstate how. I mean, the, the thing about the sense makers is you have to understand just how seriously they take themselves. That's the thing. Oh no, I love and, that about them. It's like it's actually yes. genuine. This is what I mean. I, like the nice thing about covering is very unself conscious people, and you know sometimes yeah. that can lead to incredible creativity. And sometimes it leads to just people making endless YouTube videos about the war on sense-making. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's like people with Warhammer 40,000 or model train sets. You take it, you really, really get into it. No, no, they would never talk about uh, a dialogue between sense-making society because they're, they're, they're moving on. They're creating new societies. They're oh. thinking about the far distant future. Trust me. It's got to be three. That's the, that's the one. Four. That's, that's four. 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 You make a very compelling case. And Chris, I'm going to go with that one. 
That was correct. And well worked out, oh, Matt. You're very hey. clever. Very clever. See? See, you science it. You science it. Would you have got it's this like, one? It's like Sherlock Holmes. You eliminate the <laughs> improbable. And Don't get cocky. <laughs> Don't get cocky, no. But there was, I didn't have an alternative that I came up with, but I didn't use it, which was navigating information overload, the future of sense making. Would that one have, would you have got that? That, no, that, that would have rung my it. bells too. I, I know them too well. I'm in their heads. I, I'm, I'm living there. That is in really incredible that that's the one bit of gurudom that you've just, like, you, yeah, you you're done. With. You're a fucking whisperer. <laughs> <laughs> you've got 78 paradigms spinning around. <laughs> I just like the funny whisperer. stuff where people have really bitchy arguments on the internet and, like, have slap fights, but you're there no. and they're going, no. like, tell me more no. about the phenomenological instability of chronological time. Yeah, uh, love it. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah, no, I generally do appreciate them, kind of for the reason you said that, Helen, because, like, the other ones, like, especially the political ones, like, like, you know, they're boring, you know, they hate this and they're angry about that. Whereas the sense makers are just pure, like, like they, are, they are the pure essence of guruness, untainted by, by the mere trappings of reality, society or politics. And you have to respect that. Mm-hmm. Well, three, we're on the, the final three. They're coming up, Helen. We're not going to keep you forever, but <laughs> there, are, there are three left. And this, this question, you might notice it's a little bit of a, Decoding the Guru's question disguised as a question for you, but Matt, maybe you can help out. When Peter McCormick was discussing Bitcoin with Eric Weinstein, to what did Eric not compare aspects of Bitcoin to? Right, so he, he compared <laughs> Bitcoin to a number of things. Uh, one of these he didn't compare uh, Bitcoin to. So option one, the concept of bidah or innovation in Islam. Option two, an enormous revolver from a Russian mobster in Snatch. (laughs) Option three, Hamas, for example, that they uh, do social services in Gaza, but also fire rockets. Option four, a water wiggle. A water wiggle. What? A water wiggle? A water wiggle, a wa- yes. A water wiggle. It's a yeah. like a, a little thing that you hold that moves around. Are you not? Are you not familiar with the water wiggle thing? I genuinely thought this is one of those times where it's like Chris is saying a word that I completely know, and his accent means that I'm going oh, water wiggle, and he says, "Yes, uh, everyone knows it." And you find that he's actually sort of trying to say, like, you know. Well, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know about something, it. I didn't something... know about it until until Eric Weinstein um, famously wiggled a water wiggle with Joe Rogan to. Just grow. I think. Am I right, Chris? Correct me if I'm wrong. But he did to, use he a was... water wiggle in an interview with Joe Rogan. You are correct. So it is something sorry, that this, he has I, done before. So this what is, is, this is it? Is, I feel like I'm going this... mad. What does it do? What is it for? It's like know. a toy, like kind of slippery thing that moves around. It's a bit like you know the balloon arm man, but like in water tube format. He, he, he was he was using it to explain his theory of physics. Yes, he oh. was in that instance. Yes, he was. He, he must have brought it with him. Actually, it just—I just realized, like he didn't yeah, just he have did. it on him. Yeah. <laughs> he, he brought a prop with him to Joe Rogan. So um, did he bring so it anyway, two times? So this is relevant. This is relevant context for you, Helen. You got to ask yourself. Yeah, but don't you think that did- maybe that's that's the thing that Chris has added in as the rogue extra thing? Because it is a yes. thing that uh, Eric owns and has gestured to before, but he's he's cunningly moved it across to this paradigm. Pre- precisely, you're on the yeah. right track. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm you thinking think too. Maybe I yeah, think you both what... fight. 
Maybe he, maybe. I knew that you would think maybe, that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he's using the water wiggle every interview. We don't know. Um, <laughs> what do you think about the US presidential election? He's like, well, very much like the water wiggle. Uh, well, unfortunately, you are both correct. But I, in my favor, I thought that Matt had such a bad memory that he wouldn't recall. <laughs> <laughs> so that he would just have a vague memory that Eric was holding a water wiggle and be like, oh yeah, didn't he compare something to a water wiggle? But he did, but he remembered Joe Rogan was there. Yeah, so. yeah, this is very me. funny because I did a, a, a quiz for Blocked and Reported and uh, Katie Herzog has been smoking a lot less weed this year. And let me tell you, it's really pr like a dramatic uptick in her scores. So Matt, clearly whatever nootropics you've been on this year have had a similarly great effect on you. My new tropics is coffee and whiskey. That's the all the body needs, apparently. It's really helped. Yep. Yep. All the what? core elements and nutrients that the body demands. Okay. Well, here you are. Second last. Which podcast inspired this reaction in Peter Turchin? And this is Peter Turchin now. I almost never listened to podcasts. But for this one, I registered with Spotify and listened through the whole thing. Three fucking hours. Unbelievably good. I mean, okay. the, the thing is that in a way that sounds like a massive diss of Joe, Joe Rogan, but it's also, it could be a massive diss of Decoding the Gurus. Uh, well, yeah. So uh, sadly, I should have put Decoding the Gurus as one option, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> but I do realize I, I like this podcast, but it was, if anything, a bit too long. Oh, yeah. So option one. Sam Harris and Jordan Peterson debating the concept of truth. Option two, Joe Rogan and Brett Weinstein discussing COVID and vaccines. Option First. three, <laughs> Lex Friedman and Elon Musk discussing AI, interplanetary civilization, and the Ukraine crisis. Well, joke's on you because that one surely can't have been only three hours. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> possibly true. Option four, Constantine Kisson and Jordan Peterson discuss Western privilege and the counter-woke revolution. Mm. Now, which one did Peter Turchin find unbelievably good? My only rationale about this, Matt, is the fact that he said he registered for Spotify, whereas Rogan is obviously Spotify original and quite hard. To, I don't know, it's like YouTube clips and stuff like that, but oh, yeah. would you have to register for Spotify to listen to any of the rest of them? Maybe to get the full Sam Harris, I guess. That's a good point. Yeah, no, I think with Sam Harris, you need to you, you subscribe to his specific app. I don't think it's a Spotify thing. So I think you're right. That's you're what right. leans me I, towards Joe Rogan. But yeah, in the I, I would have clues. gone for Lex. I was going to advise going for Lex, but given given what you said, I mean, it, it has to be it has to be the Joe Rogan. Or maybe logically. Peter Paterchin, who I had dinner with as part of his publicity tour who was like he's quite good fun but i can imagine him being slightly boomerish in the fact that he'd never used a podcast before and this was for him his first ever podcast app and he's just like oh, yeah. he doesn't <laughs> okay. understand the existence of overcast or, or whatever it might be so unfortunately I'm, I'm having narrowed it down i've now unnarrowed it down again <laughs> uh, okay well that brings so me let's go with lex if you lex. if your heart if the heart says lex then let's go lex the gut says lex that's the okay. kind of drivel that people would find like life changing and important. Final answer. Yeah. yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, no, you were incorrect because unfortunately 
he was talking about Joe Rogan and Brett Weinstein, and you you smartly worked out the thing which I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, because that's Spotify. But then you were too smart, and you wrote to yourself. <laughs> yeah, we overthought it. You know, that's what we, that's what we did. We overthought it, Helen. Yeah. Oh. oh, my goodness. Oh, wow, well, I dodged the bullet, Bye. but disappointing from Peter Turchin. I, I did respond to that tweet, but there did we are. Did he care at all? <laughs> No, I mean, I'm sure he cared, but uh, he he didn't respond to my pointing out that that was not a very insightful episode. But there you go. Can't trust academics about vaccines. Who knew? Yeah, well, I think the thing is the book, his book End Times is very interesting and talks about these cycles of history and has lots of interesting provocative stuff in it about empires kind of essentially collapsing from within. And, you, you know, but there is some slightly odd stuff about feeding stuff into a big computer. Which when people start talking about it, you know, in those kind of terms, as if the big computer is going to solve everything, you kind of, it's sort of a slight red flag. And then there's a bit where he's quite nice about Tucker Carlson, which is also another slight red flag. Given that Tucker Carlson's, I mean, of all your gurus or people that you've covered tangentially this year, Tucker Carlson has had one of the worst dissents, right? In that the Dominion lawsuit saw him get kicked out of Fox and he's now reduced to interviewing like people who think they've seen UFOs and the guy who claims he slept with Barack Obama in 1999 or whatever it was. Like not been a not been a banner year for old Tucker. So um yeah. There we go. Yeah. The last question. You're yeah. both <laughs> collectively We're on, like on free. One point. No, you're free. <laughs> you're both on free. You've, the water wiggle yeah. helped. <laughs> no, I'm, an, I'm an advisor. I'm a consultant. But you've sometimes yeah. advised badly. So this no, last but you were the question. MVP. You were the MVP on the water wiggle, which I still don't entirely believe exists, but I'm willing to concede probably does. Well, I'm going this last one. Were you to go different ways? There's two points in it. So somebody could race ahead. Okay. Chris Williamson who did feature on Helen's podcast, has developed a new tonic drink, a new traffic drink. Three of these are real flavors of his drink. Two are, two are you not. You are, you're in the pay of Big Williamson. Which, which one, which one? This is are, a sponsored question. <laughs> which one are the, the, the sus among us? creatures hanging out in the spaceship two of these are not real flavors which ones are they so there's going to be five two of them are not real okay options are wild citrus orange sunrise tropical ice pineapple paradise lemon zest rush which which two are not real to be fair to chris they do all sound quite nice as you were reading them out i was like oh yeah yeah sounds lovely yeah yeah, yeah. I, I'd drink something with only three of those in it. And yet um, two of them are not real. So <laughs> well, <laughs> unless you're seeing leading brand development for the new Tropic yeah. drinks, and uh, they right. will be seeing the special, like, Chris Kavanagh approved <laughs> new flavours. All right. I, I, I think a good stratagem here is to, to pick the ones that sound the least sexy. Okay. So lemon, lemon zest, zest is a bit... Lemon zest rush is a bit basic yeah, bitch, bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah okay, it I'm going to so, have so, to go that. Okay, what about Orange um, Sunrise? I also thought Orange Sunrise was dull. Yeah, that's mid-1970s, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think we chose, choose those two. Um, read us the remaining three, Chris. Wild Citrus, Tropical Ice, and Pineapple yeah. Paradise. Yeah, I think, um, so the ice, the, sorry, the second one. Tropical Ice? Tropical Ice, that's definitely in it. 
It's okay. not really a flavour, though, is it? Ice. That's the. <laughs> Traffic have to be. Traffic <laughs> It's all just made up words. It doesn't matter. Uh, In fact, I, I'm going to defect. I'm going to say tropical ice is one that is made up, just so that we can have okay. an interesting split, opening up the possibility oh, yeah. that Matt might triumph again. So I'm going to go with yeah. yeah. I'll stay. I'll stick with lemon zest rash, but I'm also going to go tropical ice. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, final answers. Final answers. Yep. This is the, lock, lock them in. Lock them this in. This is for the championship of new gurus twenty twenty three. By any chance, do I win a pallet of Chris Williamson's new tropic drink if I come first in this? Chris, uh, I'm yeah, sure Williamson, can arrange that. If, if, yeah, <laughs> if, <laughs> Williamson, if you're listening, hint, hint. Uh, <laughs> that's that's it. So, well, you were both correct that lemon zest rush is a bit basic bitch, and that was invented by me. Uh, or chat GPT. Let's be honest. Chat GPT. Come on, Chris. <laughs> Me, chat GPT. There's no difference anymore, Helen. We are one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, but the the other one, unfortunately, you both lost. You were both wrong. Oh. Orange sunrise oh. is indeed. In fact, I have one right here. That's not orange. This is orange like mustard sunrise. yellow. The orange sunrise, it is. And tropical ice is indeed, it's kind of Smirnoff ice flavor. That's what you can imagine. Um, in But that's the best drink in the world. Wow. I miss Smirnoff ice so much. Wow, I'm going to love Chris Williamson's new tropic drink brand. That's right. Mm. So pineapple paradise, that was ChatGPT slash Chris Kavanagh invention. So I prompted it, okay? It didn't make it up on its own, so... There mm-hmm. you go. So that means in the end, you're both joint champions. You you, you both win. Everybody wins a prize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all win and we all win a crate of, of new tonic, new tropic <laughs> drink. <laughs> yes, yes. There we go. Uh, so I imagine that will go very well over Christmas with my turkey and stuffing and the delicious taste of. Uh, well, I don't know which one's the real one. Orange sunrise. I'm probably yeah. going to be jonesing mm-hmm. when I'm down at my family's, uh, my wife's family's place in Kansai. Like, I need to. <laughs> where's, where's the productivity juice? Um, so yeah, I'll have to think, plan that out in advance. But Helen. You did well, reasonably well at the the quiz, and I, I that was very satisfying for me. It did take a long time to research that, so I have great appreciation for the effort that you put in uh, me to research that. It took yeah. a long time for me to enter things into ChatGPT. I only use ChatGPT for assistance. It's only an assistance. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> but it, it did help. I I will say that. Thank you to ChatGPT too. Thank you to Newtonic for their sponsorship this episode. <laughs> and yes, that that was it. So Helen and Matt are joint New Gurus champions. Matt is, unfortunately, he defronged me and is the decoding champion for this year. So yep. there, you can yep. teach an old dog new tricks. And it was a totally fair competition, Chris. You know, <laughs> yeah. the better man won. What can I say? You know, yeah. and Helen was very impartial. I thought very fair in um, adjudicating it. Um, but you know, better luck next time. Who knows? Maybe twenty twenty four will be the year of Kavanaugh. Should Could should be. take a page out of James Lindsay's bitch horse. <laughs> <laughs> Start tweeting. <laughs> it was a stitch up. Yeah, next time I see you, I'll punch her in the face. <laughs> 
Sorry, please don't attack. <laughs> don't, don't, don't attack. Chris, Chris, that's just the new tropics talking, guys. That's, a, that's not it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Side effects include swearing at women. <laughs> yeah. It's possibly true. Possibly true. Well, will you come back next year with a... Uh, we haven't put you off. We're, we'll, we're locking you in now before you get even bigger, Helen. You have to agree so that any controversies that we bring or you bring, we, we, we're locked into this relationship. It, it must continue. I will only come if uh, any of your gurus do anything ridiculous in the course of the next year. So we'll just have to see. We'll have to see if that happens. <laughs> we can sign <laughs> yeah. off on that. We can sign mm, off on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, we'll. that is true. And, and lest we all forget... I did not make up the line about wearing kilts to let your balls breathe. That was someone else, not me, despite the aspersions cast upon my character. I just wanted to make that clear um, before we finish. So important, important note to end on. Matt, have you, uh, or Helen, both of you, have you got any New Year's resolutions? We're a little bit early, but not that far. What are you going to do in 2024? I might finally get off Twitter because I looked at Blue Sky and Threads and it's all people complaining about Twitter. And I thought, yeah, maybe it's time to gracefully let social media sail off on the, you know, Viking longboat aflame into the sunset. Um, it's just, it's lost yeah. its, it's lost its joy, yeah. hasn't it? Ah, it you're has, a yeah. TikTok, Twitch <laughs> streamer, I see. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking about a joke from uh, Red Dwarf where there's like a toaster that's obsessed with making toast things in fact no one around here wants any toast not now not ever no toast how about a muffin or muffins <laughs> oh, we don't like muffins around here we want no muffins no toast no tea cakes no buns baps baguettes or bagels no croissants no crumpets no pancakes no potato cakes and no hot cross buns and definitely no smeg and flapjacks <laughs> ah so you're a waffle man <laughs> See, you see what he's like? He winds me up, man. No so, anyway, it's a very, yes. very specific to, British reference. No, it's, I always appreciate a, a Red Dwarf reference, but I, I went on TikTok and it was just too good, so I came back off it again. Yeah, uh, I was just spending a lot of time watching people. Although I do obviously now miss understanding what young people are talking about and the words they use like riz and drip. Oh, riz. Cringe. Um, yeah. Cringe drip. <laughs> Yeah, that's what that guy yep. dropped on your uh, <laughs> dropped into your mouth during the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Yeah, that was that was Riz. That was Riz. That wasn't Riz. That was anti Riz. But Matt, what about you? What's your resolution for decoding the gurus in 2024? What are you going to achieve? I I feel certain that there's like lots of new single malt whiskeys out there that I haven't tried yet. I'd like to really. Really, just dig in, put my mind to it, and um, try as Good. many as I can. Yeah, I like that. I'm mm. I'm gonna finally finally publish that fucking paper that we've mentioned for two years in a row. Yeah. That we'll finish. Yeah. We'll get that. Matt. We'll publish that paper on Gurus. <laughs> we'll we'll be there. We'll yeah. still be first. We'll still be first. <laughs> so, that's, uh, right. that's right. There's not like a crowd falling over themselves to beat us to it not. for some reason. No, you know, if if you'd asked us a year ago, we could have said something about writing a book. Um, oh yeah, but we've given we've given up on that. We know that's not going to happen. Well, maybe maybe at some point in the future we'll see. But um, I yeah. as someone who has now been writing a book for approximately three billion years, I heartily endorse the idea of not. Although my book, as I said, has does quote one uh, Matthew Brown and Christopher Kavanagh in it on Galileo syndrome. So yeah, that mm -hmm. will have it flying off the shelves. Helen, 
that thing that you should ask, and in in the case with you, it's actually of interest. Do you have any exciting projects coming up that we should know about? Any uh, knockoff decoding the gurus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any, any more spin-offs of decoding the gurus? Got that in mind. My, uh, my next Radio 4 series is going to be about the group chat and various versions of it, you know, Telegram, uh, WhatsApp, and what that's done to politics, Telegram, IRC. War, Discord. Yeah, I'm hoping to go back to the days of ICM and MSN Messenger. Yeah, right? Remember that? Oh, great times. And uh, yeah, and it's hopefully going to be called, slightly narcissistically, Helen Lewis has left the chat. Um, oh, so that's great. That's, nice, a, nice, that's nice. a good note for me, yeah, to, nice. for me to finish on by, in many ways, now leaving the chat. Yeah! Wow! What an answer. So Helen, so so this is a history of the group chat of the. Is this is a, a history of? It'll it? have a bit group? of history in it because it's um it's the BBC and they really love that and also because that the history of the kind of chat slightly mirrors my own experience on the internet. You know, I remember being young and being on yeah uh, I, no ICA ICQ not ICM ICQ and then yeah or the, um you know the kind of do you remember um, kids today just do not know what ASL means you know and that was like a yeah, great sure. staple of my teenage years age sex location. Now, obviously, I realise that, that every, sing every single person asking that was a 57-year-old man in his basement. But, you know, that was the, <laughs> that was the kind of time that we, we lived in. So, yeah, and I think WhatsApp for me has become the social network that I use most of. And that is probably healthier. So I think there's a really interesting story to be told there about the way that social media had a kind of brief crest. And then everybody remembered that it's mental to say things in public all of the time, constantly to an audience you don't really understand who's in it. And it might be to your six friends or it might be to everyone in the world and you'll be on, you know, Fox News Chiron the next day. And everybody's now in the process of retreating back from those public social networks into more, you know, um, siloed. And, and you can see that even on Facebook, you know, people are ending up in Facebook groups rather than just saying everything yeah. to their, old, their entire yeah. friend group. But certainly, yeah. you know, Signal... Telegram, WhatsApp has become a huge feature of parliamentary inquiries here in Britain. It's a huge feature of the COVID inquiry because all of the government, basically the ministers, were just WhatsApping each other. And in this very colloquial way that implied they didn't think they were being overheard. So now everybody has learned to switch on disappearing messages. So this will never kind of happen again. But you, for this one brief moment, you're getting an unvarnished insight into what very quick policymaking and decision making was like on the group chat and the dynamics that encourages, right? So I found some academic research about the fact that you will not be surprised to know that in most group chats, particularly like parents' group chats, one or two people just absolutely dominate it. And then there are probably like side group chats where some of the people go, oh my God, she's off on one again. But the kind of the group dynamics are, are fascinating and, and not that much studied because it's not, you know, not like Twitter mobbing, which happens right out in public where everyone can see it. These are things that are happening in little containers. I do yeah. have to mention that somebody in this chat might have been on a Zoom call sending cheeky messages about the, you know, meeting that they were in and not realizing until afterwards that all of the messages are retained by the host of the the, the chat yeah, so somebody somebody helen that uh shall remain nameless um, some, but some some boomer who doesn't understand how this technology <laughs> works well i i think it's it sounds bad like retreating to silos but it's obviously probably a healthier thing right for a more natural I, human yeah grouping. that's how human societies have functioned and you know there's lots of really interesting discussion about you know the move to cities during the industrial revolution and how that both spurred innovation but also kind of caused cholera you know like, so i think yeah. there are kind of there are you know having these very big groups that are way beyond anything that our brains were designed for has obviously had some pretty mm. mind bending effects and and you can see why people would want to kind of retreat from that um, well, well 
Well, I'm all for it. I'm going to retreat to a small community or a silo as soon as I can find one that will have me. So Chris, I know, <laughs> yeah, it's, has got um, his little groups. You've got your group chats and things. I hear about them secondhand. No one's invited me to them. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah, I, I need to have some space, Matt. <laughs> but the, you know, the, the other thing is, Helena, one, this is just making me interested to hear your series. We'll probably have to torment you to, to come on and speak at length about it. But the, uh, like, fuck, what the hell was I going to say? It was really insightful and, and incredibly, like, important. You were just carried away by the thought that you were simply too cool for Matt. That was, I, and then you're like, I, "Yes, I am. It's true." And then you couldn't think about anything else. <laughs> oh, I got it. Look, it came back. I was briefly stunned by how cool I was, but I've recovered from that. And I was just thinking that you know, patrons, the little walled gardens that people make on locals or uh, or Substacks, much the same way. There's a very low hurdle, right? Sometimes it's only one dollar or something like that, but people feel more free to express things when there's like a little bit of a barrier, right? And that kind of stuff. So it speaks to what you're talking about, that people are constructing their own little ecosystems within social media networks. So yeah, yeah like and not to pieces. go back to one of your um, gurus, but Nicholas Nassim Taleb's concept of skin in the game is kind of interesting here, right? Like, so why have trade unions, labor unions for American, I mean, it's been more effective at driving workplace change than the kind of identity-based movements that you've seen on social media. Part of it is because they have a coherent community of people in a workplace. And also because you have to pay your dues. You have to literally mm. say, well, I think it's worth $30 a month for me to be part of this campaigning organization. And I have a real stake in it. I want it to su succeed rather than these much more loose affiliations. And I think you're right. Like, it, you know, I have lots of friends with whom I, you know, only really communicate with with through WhatsApp because we live in different parts of the country or whatever it might be and we see each other once a year. So I think it, that's interesting because it's a, a type of social media that I feel quite positive about, M much more so than I feel about public social media. But it comes with many of the same downsides of people who can't read tone, for example, or people accidentally posting in the wrong chat group. Or, you know, we're going to talk about Slack and the way that that led to some of those kind of oh, God. Um, work, you know, <laughs> that, that, that it adds an, an element to workplace dynamics that actually people, some people find is really burdensome, the idea that you have to go and perform in Slack as well as just turning up and doing your job and what things are being rewarded. So, um, yeah, I will... Um, I'll be delighted to, to talk about this more at length when I've done all the research for it. If we were Tao Lin, we'd be saying, well, I guess this is all because we're all becoming autistic and the world is autism. And that's that's why we're all retreating to these little spaces. And and on his feet, Tao Lin, the, the Red Scare. From, well, yeah, know, from yeah. Red Scare. But I think but, there's something about that, right? Which is a very interesting thing, that which we've ended up with these forms of communication that strip out all of speech and phatic communication. And like this is the thing you were talking about in your grammar episode about this, about the fact that... If you, people hear you speaking, maybe they think that you're quite sarcastic, but they see your tweets, they think you're a monster. That's true. And it's just yeah. because Northern Irish <laughs> yeah. sarcasm doesn't really like carry across she tweets. She said it. But Helen said it, not me. <laughs> okay, I didn't mention but, Northern Ireland sarcasm, but it's true. Right, but but uh, this, this, this is like text-based communication does, uh, you know, is really hard for a lot of people who can't necessarily read nuance, and it does require a certain level of like emotional Chris, Chris, intelligence. In other words. 
Yeah, Chris. I'm fine. No, I read the nuance. It's all the people that don't read mine. But yeah, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's the, it's the children who are wrong. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah but, but there is also a thing that's happening at the same time, which, and I don't know how I'm going to phrase this, because I'm, as I said, I'm still working on this book about genius. But our valorization of the tech genius has become wrapped up with a certain kind of emotional unintelligence. And whether that's autism or diagnosably so, or whether or not that's just a normal variation in personality. But there's a famous tweet about one of the guys who worked at OpenAI saying all the people at OpenAI who can make eye contact only joined in the last six months. And like, that's where the business has gone wrong. So there's mm. this idea that if you are good at coding, you should also, that is, has a, you know, you, this is the sort of stereotype yeah. you have to let, live up to. And it comes back to the Sam Bankman free trial. You know, that quote I had about the way that he didn't brush his hair was a deliberate strategy to look like yeah. the guy um, who is so busy thinking about how he's going to revolutionize the banking system that he can't, you know, wear yeah. a normal suit but, and but so it's is, very interesting but, those two things have happened at the same time yeah but i mean i get how they're 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 aping the the look because that's because the look is sort of like powling things but it's still true like on a university campus the only people wearing suits are freaking idiots the the guy shuffling around <laughs> with sandals and socks he's the he's the cover one or woman a woman wouldn't wear sandals and socks, but to be honest, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can actually think that's probably one of those things that is now so unfashionable that young people wear it just to show off how attractive they are. Like I can still be attractive even in sandals and socks. Yeah. Yes, so you yeah, you may be inadvertently yeah, right yeah. there that young the women sand, are wearing like, the sandals and the socks. I mean, I haven't been known to wear sandals and socks. I like to, I, it's like a stag's antlers. You know, if <laughs> if you can. If oh. you can... The peacock's tail. Yeah. yeah, no. yeah the stag's antlers are functional, Matt. They're not just for show. Like, you're, you're, you've no, used not. the wrong analogy. That, like... No, it's right. When Matt gets into fights no. with other professors, he can kick them because his sandals and socks are less fashionable than theirs. And they My have to like, and respect socks are his functional dominance. Too. Yeah. They breathe. Yeah. They breathe, they allow air circulation. They're but they keep warm. As well. yeah. Right. yeah. But it's, but, it's, but, it's, but, it's but, your peacock's if, tail is what you're saying. It's your social signaling yeah. of like, if, I'm, I've got if, to an agent status where I no longer have to care about your petty dictates of wear closed-toed yeah. shoes with socks. It's, it's your right. big red ass. The mass- <laughs> 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 what a lovely uh, note to end on. Yeah, yeah that's good. Wrap this up. <laughs> I really should. And thank you so much, Helen, for all your time for the quiz and for enduring the lengthy recording time, as always. So it's a, it's a pleasure and we'll follow you again soon enough. Bye. Bye.